to the Success After Barber School podcast, where we give advice to new and seasoned barbers on how to reach a six-figure income through training, mentoring, and coaching. If you're new in our industry or old in our industry and are ready to join the top 1% in earning a six-figure income, this is the show for you. Welcome back to the Success After Barber School podcast. There we go. So today our guest is Michael. I'm going to let him introduce himself, and then we're going to get going, folks. Please, sir. Uh, yes, my name is uh, Michael Morris. I'm uh, I'm out of Houston, Texas. Uh, I've been cutting hair for a while. I've been cutting hair since 2016. But uh, I want to say in the past year, I decided, man, this is something I want to take seriously as a career because uh, it's always been something that I enjoy. I'm very much of a hands-on person. I love being able to turn like make something beautiful with my hands, you know? And, um, I started, uh, I started off cutting my own hair, you know, uh, trying to save some money or whatnot. And then I was like, man, okay, I'm actually good at this. So let me, uh, let me go to school and, and try to further my, my knowledge and everything. And uh, now I'm kind of in that avenue where I'm kind of fresh into the shop and I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm growing my, my clientele and just growing my brand. One big thing for me was to not just look at something as, uh, oh, this is a means of how me and my family's living, but this is our brand. This is how we're going to continue to carry a legacy on, you know. It's more than just clippers when it, when we're talking about being a barber. I'm in a stage where I'm, I'm really uh, focusing on my marketing and everything. I've been doing using the old-fashioned method, you know, foot traffic. You're not there passing out uh, business cards and stuff like that. But now I'm kind of... I'm trying to use uh, social media more to my advantage. So, okay, this is this is interesting, folks, because Michael is actually one of the first barbers I've had on that's brand new to the business side of barbering and making it a career. You're actually who I'm targeting with this show. So this is going to be cool because a lot of the questions are geared towards seasoned barbers. So the first thing I'm going to tell you, right, is have you uh, went out and created a booking app yet? Um, right now I'm using Square. I went with them because, you know, they sent me a free card. I, I like, it's a lot of things I like about Square. Okay, so it is Square. I got you. I'm still looking into other uh, booking apps. Like, I was on Booksy for a while. I like Booksy. Booksy is pretty, uh, pretty good. So Square actually has a booking app now to go along with the credit card processing and everything? Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they let people go and you can set in your calendar what events that you have personally. Like if you need to set a block of time off, like you have something you have to take care of, like a doctor's appointment or something like that, you can block that time off and people can uh, schedule around that. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So being brand new to the industry and everything, what's one thing you knew before you came into our industry? To be honest with you, one of the biggest things that I knew was... uh. With this business, you're going to definitely have to have a little faith in something, you know, and you definitely going to have to put in the work. I feel like, you know, a lot of times life with, it, with anything that you do, some people can have the uh, perception that uh, it's, it's going to be easier. It's going to come to you. But now nah, this industry is one of those things where you have to work for yourself. And it's just like any business. Think about businesses like McDonald's. They didn't just sit around and wait for a, a franchise to come to them or whatnot. They went out there and created it for themselves. Facts. I love that answer because most people don't understand in this industry, like you're going to have to be in the shop on the slow days. You're going to have to wait it out, take the walk-ins, 
you know, answer the phones. You're going to have to do some legwork, right, and sweep up for the barbers that's busy and stuff because the more you lend a helping hand, the more likely those barbers are to help feed you and let you get their runover or the ones when they're running behind, they'll give them to you because you're looking out and making their life a little bit easier and stuff. So I'm, I'm happy you mentioned that. So with your current role, right, being brand new to the barbering industry, what's one thing you wish your younger self knew about your current role? Like when you first started cutting yourself back in the day? Honestly, I would say two things. For one, I wish I would have pursued it earlier. Yeah. I wish I would have started pursuing it um, like straight out of high school. That's the same thing um, I, I would say. already be established. Yeah, I would already be established where I wanted to be. Another thing is, uh, okay, so I want to say about maybe four or five months ago, um, I decided to invest in some new tools, uh, you know, get back into it and everything. And I was thinking, oh, man, let me go get these expensive, customized T-outliners and this and that. When, man, it's crazy. Um, one of my mentors, he blessed me with some uh, fast feeds. And, I, you know, the fast feeds, they're not that expensive. But those, they got to be the best clippers that I've ever used, if I'm being honest with you. Right. So I wish I would have known. When I when it comes to like investing, been smarter with my investments, right? Because I started off, I got some magic clips, the black and gold ones. Uh, yep, I got a gold blade through it on Yeah, and uh, I tried to get a upgraded battery, and I ended up messing them joints up, so I don't even use them no more. And I spent like <laughs> two hundred dollars just on that uh, on that clipper. Hey, you better you better reach out to Wall, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like for real, that's too much money to just be letting go. So, um, what's motivating you right now? The thing that's motivating me right now is, for one, the growth that I'm seeing um, on a week-to-week basis. But for me, it's all about the the opportunity that's at hand. I spend a, a lot of my recent years working for somebody else, and you know it's cool and all, but I want to I want to be on my own terms. I want to work on my own schedule. I want to be the boss of myself. You know, I have a family. You know, I. It's a job that I don't worked in the past where I didn't get to spend time with them like I want to. This this career, it not only lets me establish myself as an entrepreneur, but it gives me the opportunity to spend more time with my family, um, do more things for my family. I'm glad you said that because, like, my mentor way back in the day when I first opened up for myself back in 2008 and everything, I had been, got in the industry in 2003, he looked at me and he said, Tim, money's never going to chase you until you learn how to walk away from money. And I'm like... Hey, I'm not missing a dime. I'm not I'm not walking away from no money. What are you talking about? You're crazy. But then I got it, right? Like my hours were always being extended because somebody always wanted to get in last minute. And the minute I started forcing people to respect my hourly schedule, that's when my business started to grow because they knew I was leaving at six o'clock. When it was time to go home, I was going home. So now when I do do a favor, not only is it a favor, but they show up with double the amount I normally charge. That's what he meant. Like, you have to respect your schedule. So when you set a schedule in place and everything, force everybody to abide by that schedule. So when you do do favors, they show up with double the amount you normally charge and everything. And now it's worth your time and money begins to chase you. And then also the next thing I want to just give to you, young man, right, in regards to raising your prices. When it gets to the point where you start telling people no, that you can't fit them in, it's time to raise your price. Because you've gotten so busy that you're missing out on money. Therefore, you don't want to be the cheapest guy and you're not trying to be the most expensive guy, but you do want to be the guy that's busy because I'm about to go through that myself and everything and raise my price considerably because being the owner and being in the industry for as long as I've been in the industry, 
I'm booked solid every half hour. And I feel like I'm always rushing and kind of chasing my tail a little bit. So now it's time for me to get to a place mentally where I feel like I'm giving 100% of myself to my clients. And the only way to do that is to raise my price to see who's really loyal to me and loyal to the service I provide. So that's a huge one. How do you get yourself out of work slumps or out of ruts? Like, you know what I mean? When it's slow, how do you keep moving forward and not want to back skirt and do something different? I actually, I even, I show up on the off days as well because um, I've been noticing it's a lot of people that say, for instance, Monday, they look for haircuts on Monday because they don't miss the weekend. But uh, I try to keep myself busy. Like I do um, Amazon on the side. And with me doing Amazon, it's a perfect opportunity for me to still do my door to door, my, you know, my footwork while I'm, uh, while I'm making money on the side, you know? Yeah. I'm not mad at that. I understand that. Yeah. It's a lot of times they have me in a, in the area and, um, man, it's a perfect opportunity for me to, as I'm passing out these packages, packs out my, uh, my business card. And then I always just try to, I, I dedicate time in the morning and time at night before I, I go home to pass out some uh, business cards at local stores around Perfect. So where do you self-educate? Where do you continue your education at being brand new? Because obviously in school and everything, they teach you how to pass state board. You already started cutting before you got to school. So when you got to school, they taught you scissor game. They taught you how to work on different textured hair and stuff like that. So outside of that education, where do you keep up on the education app? Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Everything I've learned about cutting uh, I can't really say, you know, the school that I went to taught me too much about cutting. Everything I learned is from uh, YouTube. I'm constantly daily looking at videos and new techniques and everything. But uh, I say about 50% of my knowledge is also come from the guys that's in the shop around me. Most of the barbers in my shop, they've been cutting hair for like 30 years plus. So I've been soaking up everything I can from them. That's what's up. So what's giving you hope right now? Just trusting in the process and uh, just trusting in what I'm doing. I've been seeing uh, the work that I've been putting in, it hasn't been going to waste. At first, it was kind of discouraging because, you know, oh, not that many people uh, take your business card serious. But then I decided to level up my game a little bit and uh, start using digital cards. Them digital cards been working wonders for me. I've been seeing a, a high uh, return rate from those. Um, so just seeing the, the week-to-week growth uh, customer-wise, seeing how many people has already come back to me uh, for a return service in a, a little time that I've been at the shop. That's been uh, keeping me motivated and just talking with uh, all of the barbers and, you know, hearing the, the good things they have to say about me and everything. That's been, that's been keeping me motivated. I like to hear that. So that's a perfect segue. Who was your mentor in the industry slash role model? Why? Right. And then how important is it to have a mentor being brand new in the business? Oh, man, that's a I can dive deep into that one. So I would say on YouTube, it has to be 360 Jeezy. I don't learn everything I know from from 360 Jeezy. The energy of his puts out is friendly and it's for everybody. I would say uh, in my personal world, um, it's two barbers. They they not really on YouTube or nothing like that, but they I know them personally. They've uh, inspired me. One of them is Jermaine. He's a barber in my shop. Uh, he be he teaches me everything he knows. He always telling me insightful things, telling me things that can help me out not just in the shop but in life. And then uh, my teacher, uh, the guy that taught me in school, Dudley Whitaker, he's just a just an overall just 
just a, a complete role model. Just knowing him personally, his story, everything that he done been through to get to where he's at now and seeing how successful he is and seeing that, you know, he's been cutting over for hair for over 20 years and he, it's, he's still learning to this day. No matter how long you've been in this industry, it's not a technique that you can't learn. It's, you're never going to know it all. It's always going to be more stuff to learn. Yeah, I love that. That's the absolute truth. Because with me being over 30 years in the industry, I'm still learning. Like, guaranteed, when I hire somebody new, like, that's why I like bringing people that are, you know, recently removed from school into our environment, helping them grow and everything, because they're bringing new trends, new conversation new verbiage and everything and that stuff that that's how i continue to self-educate is uh through youtube social media and bringing on new hires and stuff that are fresh out of school because they bring in a new conversation they bring in new verbiage that new lingo so to speak right that i can absorb and then make my own and transfer back into what i've been doing what i'm passionate about which is helping people feel the best about themselves when they leave my barber shop so when you first started as a barber What's something that was more challenging in the barbershop than you thought? I would have to say realizing that at the end of the day, it's still a customer service role that you plan. Yeah. Um, you're going to have those customers that you really don't want to deal with. Like it was this one experience. It was this guy. Uh, he came into the shop. There was a huge uh, communication barrier between us. And um, I was basically going off of the picture that he provided me. Now, the picture that he provided me wasn't the most clear picture, but I still was able to form a general idea of what he wanted. But um, what I would have did differently in that situation, in that scenario, I would have went to my phone and pulled up a picture that's better to confirm with him, okay, this is exactly what you want. This is what you are looking for. Because, you know, he told me he want this and he want a 0.5 on the sides, but in all actuality, he didn't want a 0 0.5 on the size. He wanted a 2 on the size. And so he was unhappy with the cut because his size was too low, you know. Right. But I'm going off of what he's saying. And another thing that I had to realize that some of these people, they're going to come in, they're going to know exactly what they want. But it's a lot of people that don't understand the profession like that or understand what they're truly looking for. They have ideas. So it's our job to really sit down and, have a true consultation with them and make sure we on the right page facts i'm glad you brought that up because i see that still today in, in my shop i'll i'll leave her nameless but there's a young lady and everything where she does this consultation and the clients say one thing she'll say something completely different they'll repeat themselves and she'll say yeah and then say what she just said again and they'll like almost like not egregiously agree right and then she'll cut their hair and they'll be happy at the end, but I'm not sure that what she gave them is what they want. But over time, what I've learned to do is to not try and micromanage her, let her run her business because they're all independent contractors. And what I found out is those same people where I thought that was miscommunication, they come back to see her specifically. And I'm like, wow, okay. I'm glad I didn't interfere, you know, because a lot of times I would say what I thought what uh the barber or the not the barber but the client was trying to say you know so it is very important to consultate to repeat it in your own language is what i'm trying to prove here is like let them say it then you give it back to them in your language what you believe you understand and if they agree to that then go ahead and proceed but keep that communication going until you both have a line of communication that's acceptable before you start that service because the more you do that the longer you take on that the less you have to repeat or fix any of the work you're doing that's huge consultation folks 
So we're at 18 minutes. I want to get one more question in here before move on to wrapping this up here. So what's one question you wish that I would have asked you today? What's one thing you want to share with new barbers coming out of school? I can't necessarily say it's a certain question, but one thing that I would say is don't wait until you till you out of school, you know, to start promoting yourself. Start promoting yourself while you're still in school, you know. Get out there and make cards, make flyers. It's a lot of resources that I found on YouTube um, that's really helpful into as a marketing. But also, I feel like uh, something that's important for a lot of barbers to understand is that don't look at yourself as just a, a worker or employee make like label yourself as a business because that's what you are essentially when you step into a shop you are a small business operating in within a bigger business and you need to be focused on not only improving your quality and your services but improving aspects in your life is that's going to take you to the next step every barber when they coming in they should be looking at okay yeah i love this shop and everything but okay, one day i want to own my own shop what's going to get me to owning my own shop, owning my own six chair, 10 chair shop. Thing. It's a lot of experts out there like building your credit up, uh, building your business credit up, establishing that. So when you're ready to open up your own shop, you can get into the avenue. Facts. So folks, let me just break that down for you real quick. How do you look at yourself, brand yourself as a business? Get online to your Department of Services and Workforce Development, um, Department of Financial Institutions, and create an LLC, a limited liability company, LLC. Do that. It's a couple hundred bucks. You can do it online, again, through your Department of Financial Institutions for whatever your state is. It's it's a quick online application. Now you go out, you get a free EIN number. Again, that's an employment identification number. You do those two things. Create an LLC, get your EIN. Now, not only do you become a 1099 employee and whatnot, independent contractor, you can pay taxes differently. Everything you spend on said business becomes a tax write-off. Therefore, you're, you're saving more money because you get to write off, you know, that lunch. You get to write off those clippers. You get to write off that outfit because it's all work-related expenditures, you know, from the towels you use to the talcum powder to the oil to the clipper side to the combs to the picks, all of it you're using for business. The only thing you can't write off is the gas to and from business. But if you go to someone's house and cut their hair there, that becomes mileage that you can actually track and write off because you're going out to someone's house to do business. So, so important to treat this like a business. Now, as we wrap up and everything, another one of my mentors told me, he said, Tim, as long as you treat your business like a hobby, it's going to pay you like a hobby. Soon as you treat it like a business, it'll pay you like a business. Here's, here's the truth, the absolute 100% hard truth. For the first from 2008 to 2013, I made just enough money to get by. It was a hobby. We partied, we kicked it, we were in the barbershop after hours, after bar closed. That was our little hangout spot and everything. 2013, I made a 180-degree pivot, went in the opposite direction, went through a moment. But what happened coming out of that moment, by 2015, my business that I started treating like a business took me into a six-figure, double six-figure windfall. Treated like a business, folks, not like a hobby. Hey, that's been our time. My name is Mr. T.I.M. That is Time is Money. The educator, I'm here to help educate you on how to go from zero to six figures as quickly as possible, coming brand new into our industry. If you're new in our industry or old in our industry and are ready to join the top 1% in earning a six-figure income, 
Hop on the email list to get updates on the show and live notifications for the newest trends or to be featured on the show as the Barber Spotlight of the Week. Let's go. Let's grow. Let's grow.